Would you like to discover something new that can enhance your lifestyle? If so, then strap yourself in for the next half hour or so and discover some helpful dialogue relating to an interesting health and happiness topic. Your feedback following the recording will be greatly appreciated and can be shared via email to petra at threequartertime.com.au. Every week, there will be a new addition to the podcast collection and a PDF summary about each topic can be requested with your feedback. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and it is with my great pleasure that I introduce Petra Taylor-Smith and this week's Health and Happiness podcast. Hi and welcome again to Series 2 Interviews for Make It Count, my over 50s health and happiness podcast. As listeners continue to tune in each week for a new topic of discussion, I hope they're enjoying the content being provided and it's serving as a valuable opportunity for food for thought when making lifestyle decisions or learning about relevant topics of general interest. For this podcast, I'm being joined by my best friend and the love of my life, Mr. Paul Appleby. He has offered to join me for a discussion about a topic to which we can all relate. I've selected him for Make It Count Mentorship because I see that as one of his many strengths. Paul works with many different people and over the years I've known him, there have been many stories that convey his ability to guide and help others to solve problems and move forward along their own successful pathway, whether that be in the workplace or elsewhere. So let's get started and see where this discussion goes. Welcome, Paul, and thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Pat. And um, yeah, let's hope that I can live up to the expectations as <laughs> per your introduction. You're very generous. Oh, thank you, dear. And for this interview, I have a few questions prepared relating to mentorship. So let's see how we go at bringing the audience today some insight into this. Firstly, I see this topic as a significant one to many over 50s, both for the reason that they may experience being a mentor to a younger or less experienced person, or on the contrary, they might open themselves up to being mentored by someone either younger or older with an area of expertise. It could be hobby or interest related, a workplace requirement, or even a member of their own family or friendship group learning something from them or vice versa. So here we go. Paul, could you elaborate on what you wish to define as mentorship for this particular podcast? Well, mentorship to me is more than just passing on knowledge. You can do this by simply training or reading a book or following the, the bouncy ball on a, um, a YouTube video. Mentoring is taking that knowledge and sharing it with the mentee or the person while showing them how to do the task. You're also establishing a rapport with the person and building a relationship that's meaningful and effective for both people. It's a lot like coaching or tutoring in the sense that you're not only teaching them how to do it, but sometimes you're passing on some of the underpinning knowledge or the background information that you wouldn't get from a, like a training course or a book. Yeah, so it's a personalised approach involving a relationship. Um, so more than just, yeah, stepping through um, a, a bunch of different strategies or something. So that's excellent. Um, we have a more specific description to work from now. So I'd like to discuss the advantages of having someone lead or guide a person when they want to learn something new or expand on something they know 
So, Paul, have you got suggestions for the techniques you've used when mentoring people of any age? I guess because people learn things in different ways, it's important that at the very front end to have a discussion that identifies that person's preferred learning style. We need to set some targets. And one thing that I've personally found helpful is to set targets so that they're readily achievable and then set stretch targets. Now, stretch targets require a little more focus and effort to meet them. But if you can achieve the stretch targets throughout the mentorship, both parties get that warm, fuzzy feeling of, of a sense of high achievement. If the stretch targets are missed for whatever reason, it doesn't really matter because they still get the sense of achievement by meeting the less aggressive targets and still getting the job done. One example of this from my own experience was with a work colleague that I was asked to progress regarding her traineeship. Now, I just walked onto the, the mine site and was introduced to Cassie, that's her name, and um, was basically told that I was the one that was in charge of, of getting her successfully through her traineeship. So when I asked her to see her training plan or the terms of the traineeship, she looked at me with a blank look on her face. And after a chat regarding how she thought she would best learn and develop the necessary skills, I put together a task book which outlined many of the tasks and skills that she needed to be an effective health and safety advisor in a mining operation. She then set herself targets and some stretch targets based on our new development plan, and I'm pleased to say that she nailed it and roughly six months earlier than expected. In her particular case, she thrived on structure and order and lots of laughter along the way, and we still maintain contact some years after I've left the organisation. In fact, as I left, she ended up stepping into my role. So that was, I guess, a, uh, a good news story out of that particular mentorship. Yeah, what a great example of working together for the best outcome. So thanks for that information, Paul. Uh, now, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but as I know you so well, I've always admired that you work with people in a very calm and respectful manner, and your style of mentorship is very much about lifting those around you and having them naturally find their wings without you telling them how to do things in a highly direction-focused manner. What do you think encourages someone to look up to a mentor and what generally makes someone feel comfortable to be shown things and guided in a non-threatening way? Firstly, an ideal mentoring relationship doesn't necessarily involve the person being mentored, necessarily looking up to the person offering the mentoring. Mentoring is a shared journey, and I would possibly change that term, look up to, to one involving mutual respect. If the person being mentored respects the mentor, then they'll find it much easier to take on board their teachings. It's less about the mentor and his or her preferences and more about the person being mentored. If I'm mentoring someone, for instance, I adjust my style to suit them. I don't expect them to adjust to suit me because that doesn't maximise the potential for a positive outcome. When I was an expat in a Middle Eastern country, my second in charge was keen and keen to learn the ropes from a more Western perspective. He was very competent at our operational functions, but expressed a desire to transcend some of the ingrained cultural biases that he had developed throughout his life. Using a combination of written material, practical examples, role plays, and even just him witnessing my interactions with other leaders in real time, 
he developed into a very confident and successful manager and is still in a senior management role for a multinational company in the Middle East, where it is still somewhat unusual for someone with his cultural background to hold such a management position. So again, another good, a good outcome. Yeah, terrific. And all about the respect and perception for mentoring that was going to value add um, to his role and yours. So in your case, I know you've mentored many within the workplace, but to broaden um, this concept out somewhat to incorporate the wider community, I want to identify that people are often mentored in ways that affect their everyday world, more so than their specific career path. Uh, For instance, in the areas of parenting, renovating, landscaping, hobbies, etc. So, Paul, are there different forms of mentorship that work in particular situations that you'd be happy to elaborate on and some examples that will help our listeners gauge where this may relate to their own lives? Well, I think regardless of the setting, the mentoring skills and knowledge transfer should be approached in the same way. Find the groove that works for you and the person that you're mentoring, set your targets and milestones, and then leap in with both feet. I think it's important to note that not all mentors know all things. So it's important that if you're unsure of a particular aspect or can't find an answer to a question, don't just fill the void with fluff words. Tell the person that you'll find the right answer and get back to it later. That way we both have learned something new from the the exchange. Yeah. Um, So about honesty and, and authenticity, isn't it? Uh, So, right, mentorship, like so many different methods of knowledge transfer, requires that all parties benefit from the opportunity. The mentor and the mentee have different expectations and therefore these should be outlined around the early stages of the communication. So would you please provide us with some examples of the types of expectations that each party might have going into the mentoring arrangement, Paul? Well, I guess if you break it down into simple terms, the mentor has an expectation that the mentee is going to listen, take on board the knowledge being transferred and ask relevant questions to help their understanding. And they, in turn, might expect that the mentor has the relevant knowledge and experience to effectively mentor them and already has some runs on the board, such as real-life experience in that particular field. Yeah, I think that's what I tend to see the value of mentorship is that real life experience, someone who's been there and done that, sharing um, and imparting what they've learnt. So great food for thought. And now added to that, I might say that the mentoring topic that we've discussed today is more generalist in its focus than just work or career. Life skills, for instance, are the essence of what I think many of our listeners will relate to. So I'd just like to ask you, Paul, what are some of the life skills you personally feel feel that you've learned from being mentored and why this was a valuable approach to your acquisition of that knowledge or skill? That's a great question, Pet. Um, well, I guess driving is a great example of that. We all have to pass a written knowledge test to get our learner's permit, but it's through mentorship that driving skills are developed. And these, these skills often involve learning things beyond what's written in the handbook, such as reading traffic, reacting to situations, learning to anticipate potential hazardous situations. Once the learner gets their licence, we as the mentors, or in our case parents, we hope that they continue to build on their skills bank 
using techniques passed on through mentoring arrangements, even though an arrangement has ceased, as in they've got their licence and they no longer require you to sit in the passenger seat. Another example that I could put forward is the communal living skills that I still use in my day-to-day -day life that I learned as a young sailor on submarines. I mean, you often comment, Petra, that when I leave for work in the morning, I'm like some sort of cotton wool-clad ninja and I'm able to shower, dress, pack the car and drive out without disturbing the household. I will say, though, that it seems that none of those skills have effectively been passed on to our children. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not, not that great at it. <laughs> this might seem a little controversial, so please don't light up the switchboard with complaints, listeners. But I find that showing children as they grow up how to perform basic functions such as cleaning and cooking pays dividends far beyond what doing everything for them ever will. There's an old saying that I love, and that's, if you hand a person a fish, they'll eat for a day. If you show a person how to fish, they'll eat for the rest of their lives. Mm, an excellent analogy to finish with. So it's been great to hear how mentorship has impacted your life and how you've de demonstrated ways in which we or yourself can mentor others throughout our working or our general life experiences. And particularly as over 50s, there are so many ways that we can provide this great role to others and in turn can be mentored ourselves to learn something um, either new or just to develop it to a higher level than we currently, we have um, an understanding. So that's been great, Paul. Would you think there's anything we've left out or anything that you'd finally like to add before we wrap up, wrap up the podcast for tonight? Well, I guess we're never too old to learn something new and um, that's a great way to build rapport from uh, grandparents to grandchildren, particularly when it comes to learning how to use that newfangled phone or some other piece of technology, which the kids seem to be intuitively able to do, but we struggle with. So it's a great way of, of having that um, back and forth transfer of knowledge. So, you know, we teach them to, you know, to cook or to walk a dog or to do other, teach them other life skills, such as driving. And they can also teach us how things function these days, um, how to send a picture in Facebook and, and those other sorts of learn skills so yeah you never stop learning and um i guess in a sense we never stop teaching either no true and i was thinking just in in summary too that because mentorship is involving that personalized approach and it's the relationship between two people usually working in a respectful way for beneficial um results both for the mentee and for the mentor it's a lovely contrast as opposed to even um, the other ways that we, we learn in life. But mentorship, I think, has got plenty of value. And I think that's why we chose, you know, to discuss it and also why I got you along because, yeah, you've got a load of uh, a life experience to, to share with our listeners. So it's been great interviewing you and I personally think you do an incredible job inspiring and guiding others with the mentorship work that you provide. So it's time now to complete the podcast and farewell our listeners and say a special good night to you, Paul, in the office. <laughs> I might join you for a drink That's after good. this. 
it's been one of those. I may or may not have been having a sip while this was going on. Ah, oh, now it's coming out. So uh, it's been a really nice opportunity. And thank you again. And listeners, we look forward to having you on board next week for our next interview because Series 2 is winding up shortly. And uh, then we're moving on to our Out and About Series 3. So until then, take care, everyone. Thanks again, Paul, and good night. Okay, good night, Pat. Good night, listeners. <laughs> Petra's podcasts are intended for all over 50s seeking health and happiness. Her website, www.3quartertime.com.au, is where you'll find out all about her events and services. You might also like to investigate her Facebook or Instagram presence. And if you're interested in RSVPing to an event, you'll find links to the Meetup online site where you can book and pay. Petra is from Noosa on the Sunshine Coast of Queensland and her details are available via her website or at LinkedIn. Please share her ideas with your connections and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Here are 10 fun and fascinating facts about famous mentors. Socrates mentored Plato and Plato mentored Aristotle. The power of mentoring relationships date back as far as 400 BC and demonstrate how the student can become the master. 2. Gopal Krishna Gokali mentored Mahatma Gandhi and Mahatma Gandhi mentored Nelson Mandela. Gopal mentored Gandhi on Indian issues and Mandala was influenced by Gandhi's writing even though they never met. 3. Father Michael van der Peet mentored Mother Teresa. Via a chance meeting at a bus stop that led to a close friendship and regular private conversations. 4. Audrey Hepburn mentored Elizabeth Taylor and Clint Eastwood's grandmother mentored him. Acting advice and friendship existed throughout the years between Audrey and Liz. Clint's grandmother encouraged him to work hard and pursue his dreams. 5. Stella Adler mentored De Niro and Marlon Brando and Steven Spielberg mentored J.J. Abrams. Stella taught Robert and Marlon to act using the Stanislavski method and Stephen employed JJ to clean old tapes and movies, but ended up supporting his directing career. 6. Maya Angelou mentored Oprah Winfrey, and Michelle Robinson mentored Barack Obama. Author and poet Maya and Oprah met at the beginning of Oprah's career, and she inspired her with a memoir. Obama's wife was his mentor when they both worked together at a law firm. 7. Christian Dior mentored Yves Saint Laurent. Yves worked for Christian as a personal assistant who taught him the art of haute couture. Saint Laurent became Dior's successor. 8. Warren Buffett mentored Bill Gates. Gates turned to Buffett for business advice. 9. Sir Freddie Laker mentored Richard Branson. In the process of getting Virgin Atlantic up and running, Branson went to Laker for advice as he was a British airline entrepreneur. And 10. Steve Jobs mentored Mark Zuckerberg. They discussed how Zuckerberg might manage Facebook whilst taking walks together. Steve was the co-founder of Apple. I hope all these interesting and fun and fascinating facts about famous mentors have been enjoyed by you as I found them very enjoyable to record.